Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hi, everyone. It is Jeannie Jill right here at Madlet Musings, and super excited today to have with us Carrie Taransky, who is coming out with not her first book, but her first book with Bethany House Publishers. So hi, Carrie. Well, hello. Hi, friends. Glad to be here. Thanks, Jamie Jo. It's so great to have you here. And how many books do you have published total? I have, um, let's see, this one coming out is number 22. Okay. So you are a seasoned author and I'm sure a lot of the people listening are probably very familiar with you. <laughs> That's like another way of saying older. Yes, I'm older. <laughs> and I've had lots of books come out. So I'm very blessed in that way. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. But this book is coming out with Bethany House Publishers and it's called the legacy of Longdale Manor. Did I get that right? Yep, oh, and there there's the cover if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, I love it. Isn't that a beautiful cover? I'm so happy with the cover. I really like it. It's gorgeous. And it makes me want to like reach out and just pick up that antique journal and untie yeah. the bow to see what's inside. <laughs> yeah, the journal is what ties the two timelines together. So that awesome. was to put that on the cover. That is really cool. So this is a dual timeline story. Yes. All right. And have you done dual timeline before? No, this is my first dual time. Okay. So that was a little bit of a challenge, but I really enjoyed, enjoyed doing it. And I wasn't quite sure how to do that, but I talked to some author friends, Kathy Gokey and Melanie Dobson and said, how do you do this? And so uh, they gave me some ideas. They do it differently. But what I decided to do was kind of what Kathy had suggested, where you write the full historical first mm -hmm. and kind of be sure you know the themes and what happens there and then write the contemporary and then I was in a panic, but we put it together and it, it worked out okay. And I wrote just an epilogue at the end for the contemporary story. So that's, that's how it came together. That's great. That's so different from how I write my my split time. I'm always like flip flopping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> I don't think my brain could hold it. I don't know how you do that. That's great. Well, maybe that answers for all the uh, questions that I have from my family wondering if mommy's losing her mind. <laughs> That might explain it all. <laughs> no, no, that's really, that's very skillful to really be able to carry it all in your mind back and forth like that. That's great. It's it's so neat to hear how different authors write because yeah. I feel like it's extremely skillful to write the one and then try and figure out how to piece the other one in. That to me sounds really scary. <laughs> okay. So I guess we're doing it the right way for us, right? Yes, to each okay. their own. To each their own. Perfect. So tell me a little bit um, about the legacy of Longdale Manor. Tell us the premise and anything you want us to know about it. Okay. It's a dual time story set in England in um, 2000. Oh, my goodness. I've just written another book and I'm forgetting. What oh, it right. Is. Yeah, I know. How Early is. 1900s and then 100 years, you know, into the future here. So close to where we are now. Okay. So um, it's set in the beautiful Lake District of England, which is up north. And I was able to travel there um, on a research trip a few years ago and just fell in love with the area. It's just so lovely. So I decided I have to write a story set there. So when I got the ideas for this, this story, I thought this would be the perfect place to set it. So the um, contemporary heroine is a art and antique appraiser 
who is just starting a new job at a very prestigious uh, London auction house that her grandfather happens to be the owner of. And so she's kind of battling, um, did I get this job because I'm the granddaughter or am I really good enough to do it? And she makes a big mistake right at the beginning. And so he sends her off to the Lake District, Longdale Manor, where there's a beautiful old manor house that has a lot of antiques and paintings that need to be evaluated for auction. And the people there are trying to sell them so they can really do the repairs and change it into a luxury hotel. So that sets up the story there. And this girl has never met her father, but she has seen an old photograph that shows her parents um, on their wedding day married in this same area. So she decides, even though she's never met him, she's always been curious, but her mother refused to tell her about him and her mom has passed away. So she's going to go hunting for her father mm. while she's there. Mm. And then in the historical section, the um, heroine's grandfather owns um, Longdale Manor, but uh, her mother and the grandfather who owned Longdale Manor have had a separation in their relationship. And so um, there's a tragedy that happens to the historical heroine's family and they have to leave London and they hope that they'll find a home at Longdale Manor, but the grandfather is not reconciled to that yet. So they go to uh, the Lake District and stay on a sheep farm. So I had fun learning all about oh, sheep, sheep herding and and she falls in love with the young shepherd guy who's there. So, and then, so she has this, to recover from this um, tragedy that's happened mm -hmm. in her family, it's kind of really hurt her faith. So she has to go through a kind of a journey of restoring her faith and um, learning to forgive and, and uh, that has to do with her father. So both of them uh -huh. have, Stories have father issues and yeah. how we're going to, um, you know, both eventually come to realize that there's only one perfect father and that mm. is our father. So the spiritual thread kind of weaves in that way. I love that. I love that concept of the father and the father heart of God and the contrast mm -hmm. to what so many of us have experienced with very flawed fathers in many, many situations. Yeah. Yeah. So when you chose that theme of the father, was there, did you kind of fall into it or was it something that had been on your heart for a while or what led you in that direction? Well, I don't know if you remember the story a few years ago about a very respected Christian speaker and um, apologist, Ravi Zacharias, mm -hmm. yes. who, uh, you know, to the, everyone would never suspect that he had a separate life that was very sinful and it wasn't mm -hmm. discovered until after his death. Mm -hmm. And so when I read about that, of course I was devastated because I'd always admired him so much. And I thought, Oh, his family, how are his daughters going to recover from this? How is his wife going to recover? What's God going to do to help them through it? Something that was nothing to do with them, but right. impacted them so terribly. So I took that idea and, you know, put it into my historical heroine and just her father is a very respected religious speaker. Okay. And he dies unexpectedly. And, and then it's, she discovers this secret about his life. Okay. And then she has to decide, is she going to tell her mother and her siblings mm. or is she gonna keep it to herself and how is she going to deal with it? And how's it going to impact her faith? Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to want to be one of those things too. When you find out things after your parents pass away, like I, my mom passed away two years ago and going through some of her things, you know, I was blessed to go through things and find no surprises, but you do have that thought go through your mind as you're going through, what if I find something that I just didn't know about my parent who's now passed away? 
and how that can impact a child even in adulthood. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. So and then so that's the past um, heroine. And then the present day heroine is also looking for her father. So she hasn't known her father. Correct. Yeah, her parents divorced before she was born and her mother okay. refused to tell her about her father. And she said, I will tell you after you graduate from university. But then her mother dies in an accident be right before she graduates. So she never, you know, gets the full story and doesn't have his last name. Only she has this photograph and knows his first name and that they were married in that area. So okay. then when she goes to that area, she hopes that she can try to follow the leads and see if she can find him. Yeah. Why do you think, um, I guess I'm just thinking out loud now, there's so many stories written and movies written where the relationship between the child and the mother is so critical and it's such an uh, integral part of their their life and influencing who they are going to be when they knew her or not. Um, there's not a lot as much, I, I guess I should say, there's not as much emphasis on the unknown father's um, and that relationship of especially a daughter mm -hmm. with a father. So why do you think that is so important in real life and in fiction to be explored? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people will look at their relationship with their father or lack of relationship and then transpose that in, in their faith journey to God, the father. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, if we've struggled in our relationship with our earthly father, it may make it more challenging or difficult for us, you know, to relate well to our heavenly father and really receive the love that he has for us and that close relationship that he wants. So I think it's important, you know, theme to explore and help people with because nobody has a perfect father. Mm -hmm. Every father is flawed and in a sense that draws us to the heavenly father we can certainly love respect and admire our father and treasure that relationship but our deepest needs and that deepest relationship that you know we long for can a lot of that can be met in our heavenly father yeah yeah I was adopted and so when I mm -hmm. look at the journeys of if you were to go back and if I were to go back and try to reconnect with the birth family um it's interesting. Everyone always asks, you know, are you going to find your birth mother? Are you going to find your birth mother? And I very rarely get the question, are you going to look for your birth father? And I've oh. always found that to be such an interesting absence. Like people just don't ask that. And yet that to me has always been such an integral part of my thought process with not knowing where I came from, not knowing who my birth parents were. I've always mm -hmm. envisioned finding the father, like you know, the, the one who's supposed to be the ultimate protector, the ultimate leader, the one that really kind of umbrellas the family and offers that safety and security. And, you know, as someone who, you know, was, for lack of a better word, abandoned, even though I wasn't abandoned, I was adopted. And, you know, I'm sure that there was good reason for what they did when they gave me, gave me up. But you kind of wonder why, like, why would a father allow their children to be hurt in any way? and not offer that protection and that security. Um, and then, yeah, portraying that to that image of the father, God, you're absolutely right, I guess is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting because our youngest two are adopted into our family. Mm. And uh, we, they came in through the foster care system Okay, and when they were almost four. And then we were able to adopt them three years later. Mm. When they became young adults, they did seek out to find their uh, siblings Mm -hmm. and they reconnected with their mother okay now, i think
think their father had already passed away. We're not positive on that, but mm -hmm. they haven't been able to find yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. You know, some stories like that turn out well, and some it's a heart more heartache. So it's hard to know what, you know. It's so true, it's so true. And I think that's one of the reasons I've never made a concerted effort to try to unveil the past, you know, because you just don't know how it's going to turn out. And I think pursuing the heart of the father God it's probably a lot safer. <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. So with the two timelines, you have these two women that are um, tied together because of a location. Do their paths cross, cross in any other way throughout the book? Well, the historical heroine, um, because she has this terrible secret, she pours out her secret into her journal because oh. she doesn't feel like she could tell anyone else. And so that journal is saved at Longdale Manor, and then it, it's part of the archives in the in the manor house that the okay. contemporary heroine, the older lady who lives there, wants to share it with her. And so she's reading that, and and um, and there's also a beautifully carved shepherd staff that was in okay. the in the wedding photo, and she sees a shepherd staff like that, and that also helps her follow the path to find her father. Oh, really? So those okay. three things, the journal, the photo, and the shepherd's staff all connect the stories. Connect the story. Yeah. And the words in the journal, the process that the historical heroine goes through, the lessons that she learns, people that God brings into her life to help her, you know, help the contemporary heroine. Because, mm -hmm. you know, she has a wounded heart, too, and she needs some of the same lessons. But she'll get a lot of them through the journal and then through her relationships that she's going through. Mm, I love that. I love how the past always seems to influence the present. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've sat down before and I think it's probably because I write split time as well. I'm very, very aware of the past and it's fingers that are still lingering here in the, in the present. But, you know, I sit down and I think, and I'll look at my family tree and be like, if you removed this one person and you took them from the family tree, aside from who would have been born and who wouldn't have, but what would change in the family? Like how did their actions and their decisions influence even three generations later and it's just always an interesting thing to dwell on yeah yeah that's very interesting yeah and so when you have those those characters like even you're talking about with the journal and then the present day heroine is reading that it's it's kind of funny to me like I don't think when we're writing in our journals we're picturing somebody a hundred <laughs> years later opening it and then yeah. it ch helping change their life yeah that's so cool. So do you keep a journal? Are you a journaler? I do. I, I okay. kind of combine it with a, like, I mean, I write thoughts and things, but usually I, I use it kind of for with my quiet time to help me focus my prayers yep. and what I'm learning and um, trying to, so my mind doesn't get too distracted while right. I'm trying to pray and focus right. on the Lord. Yeah. So I yeah. have lots of journals. I threw away a bunch of them, but I, still, <laughs> I saved some and I thought, I don't know if I want my kids to read all this or not. I'm praying for them. Oh. <laughs> I can save some, so. I think it's worth saving. I did find my mom's journals very similar to that. It wasn't like a diary entry of here's my feelings for the day and I'm mad at my father. And it wasn't anything like that, but you know, like her Bible study notes and yeah. then she would write little prayers and it's really neat now to go back and open those and see some of her spiritual struggles, even like this was the spiritual journey she was on. She was struggling with anxiousness and you can look at the date and I can be like, oh, I know what was going on during that time period. And yeah. just watching her own faith walk and journey through her journal is pretty, pretty neat. Mm -hmm. So great. yeah, 
Yeah, I didn't realize she had all of those. Like we opened a cupboard. That was her big secret was her Bible journals. <laughs> and then we opened this cupboard and there's all these, and we're like, well, what are those? And it was really, it's, those will become treasures, family treasures, I'm sure. Yeah. So, okay. So for researching the story, you said you went to England and that was where the story idea was born or you went to England because you had the story idea? No, I, my author friend, Kathy Golke and I, uh, she told me about Liz Curtis Higgs was taking a group of women to Scotland. Yes. And um, she she wanted to go and she said, why don't we go together? And I said, oh, that'd be so fun. So so we did um, a week on our own at first visiting um, a site where I said an earlier series that I really want to see in person. That was so fun. Okay. And then we went to the Lake District because she was writing a book that was set there. Okay. Okay. And I uh, I just thought when I was there, oh, I love someday I'm going to set a story here. So mm -hmm. I just kept it in the back of my mind. We went to Beatrix Potter's Hilltop Farm. Oh. And, um, you know, all the little quaint little villages yeah. and all the beautiful lakes. It was just such a beautiful area. I wish we could have stayed there longer and I'd love to go back. Yeah. So yeah. I've always wanted to go to Beatrix Potter's like farmstead because I, oh. I grew up just loving her stories it's really beautiful and they you know there's just you can imagine and they have like when you tour through her house they'll have one of her books open on the shelf and they'll say look at this this view this is what she had in the background of this image and this oh. and then out in the garden and everywhere you can see these little spots that where she sat and you know drew or painted or whatever just wow. like in her books that's so cool I love that yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, she's one of those liter literary um, authors that I hope doesn't get lost with time as the generations go on. Like, she's just to me one of those classics that we have to keep keep recirculating through every generation. Yeah. Now, did you see that movie, Miss Potter? I did. Yes. Oh, I loved that. That was yes. so pretty. So maybe that'll help the next generation. Yes, still. I hope so. I remember doing um, slumber parties with my my kids when they were little they're in their teens now so they probably wouldn't go for it but um <laughs> but that was what we would read we would read peter rabbit and um oh, i can't remember all the names of the characters but like the geese and it yeah. just it was just so much fun because they loved the pictures and i was like oh yes yay they like it <laughs> that's great <laughs> oh that's awesome um and with the, okay, so back to the story, then we have the two characters and then I'm assuming there's a little bit of romance mixed in too, or no? There is, there's a romance in okay. both uh, the contemporary and the her, her, <clears throat> historical. Okay. Yeah. So the um, contemporary heroine, um, when she goes to Longdale Manor, the owner is a, an elderly lady whose grandson is there to help her because his um, business that he owns is is renovating these old manor houses and turning mm. them into spas and hotels and that kind of thing. So he's mm -hmm. going to do this for his grandma. He's going to help her save, you know, Longdale Manor and do the repairs and, and okay. transition it into a hotel. So Neat. that's the relationship that develops there. And in the historical section, it's at the farm where she meets the young shepherd, who's also an Oxford student studying archaeology, home for the mm. summer. I like that so it's kind of fun yeah he has yeah. to decide you know himself his father wants him to stay at the farm and run the farm and he's mm -hmm. going to go to Egypt with yeah. his professor so there's a little bit of that but uh -huh. have a romance. so it's a double romance in both both places oh so basically <laughs> anybody who loves history and romance and contemporary and all that you're just going to get it all in this book yeah <laughs> you know there's a mystery there's a little bit of family drama so there's all that 
So you just, you just hit all the bullet points for like the perfect book with a little bit of everything. (laughs) I hope you will enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Okay. So if readers do want to find the book or they want to get to know you a little bit better as an author, because you obviously have a backlist of books that everybody should check out if they haven't read them, where do they find you and what's the best way to follow you? So I have a website, it's like my name, Carrie Taransky. And when you come there, I have a blog for whatever's latest going on and all the books are there. And there's some fun travel photos and recipes from the books. So there's a lot of that fun things there. And I have a free short story for anybody who signs up for my email newsletter. So that's an option there. And then on social media, you can connect with me, mainly Facebook, but also do a little bit of Instagram. Um, forget TikTok. I don't go there anymore or, or Twitter. I'm not over there very much, but I enjoy the Instagram and Facebook. And I do have a reader's group on Facebook called Carrie's Reading Friends. Okay. And that's where I go to first um, invite people to my launch team or share the cover first or talk about characters and stories. And those are the ladies. And I think it's all ladies who help me like <laughs> spread the word and yeah. uh, make images and quotes and all kinds of fun things to share. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what's going on at Carrie's Reading Friends. All right. So it sounds like there's a lot for readers to follow up on. And um, readers, if you want to get The Legacy of Longdale Manor, it releases September 26th. And Mm -hmm. you can get it at bakerbookhouse.com. They give you 30% off the book after the release. There it is. There it is. That's (laughs) perfect. And you can get free shipping there too. So definitely go to bakerbookhouse.com and snatch that up. And um Carrie, it was so fun to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for this time to connect with reading friends and with you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.